peace be to you. Henry the Cardinal of England. Let us begin with the question. Kia ora and now my haramai to another episode of Curious Catholic, the Evangelium podcast. In this episode, we're going to talk about a few different things, things going on in the future, things that have happened in the past, and we have a bit of reflection on this month, the month of the Most Holy Rosary. So stay tuned and watch me for this as we kick into it. So let's start on where we've been. The last month, at the beginning of this month, October, we had Sly Keller over from Catholic Answers and we had a great time. We toured around seven different venues and it was uh, it was quite impressive actually. had a great time because I tried something new. I tried uh, meetups before work. It was 6.30 in the morning. And I was expecting like two, three people turn up. We had 20 and 30 people turning up at two different events in two different areas of Auckland. And it was fantastic. It really was amazing to see uh, the turnout and also just the content. Um, size is a great man. He's a great man. Like, And whereas, you know, he works for an apologist um, kind of program, he doesn't describe himself as an apologist. He's not trained as an apologist. And I think that really um, lent a lot to the uh, experience of working with Sai and having him talk because he's... He's more of a discussionist and all about conversation rather than debate. And I think that was really, it was really disarming for a lot of people. We did have a, not a debate, but we had him talk to one of New Zealand's top scientists uh, about like faith and reason. And uh, it was just, it was interesting because even though it was a discussion and we sold it as a discussion and the scientist guy wanted a discussion and so did Sai and they didn't want to debate you kind of go in thinking there's going to be a bit of debate and they just had a it just had a it was a really productive conversation and the fellow at the end i can't remember them the professor said um that he uh he he actually learned some stuff from it and that's the thing that i don't like about debate this is i feel like it's two people just sticking by the guns and presenting the best i mean presenting the best version of their argument which is good uh but it just seems like a bit more of an academic exercise than a, an evangelism tool so we'll see, we'll see. But like, yeah, it was a really good. It was a really good uh, event and a really good seven events. Uh, my favorite talks were the first one and one of the morning sessions. He did a talk on Christianity in the modern world, and it was, it was amazing. He just like I was really uh, blown away by it because I wasn't expecting it to be. I don't know what I was expecting from it, but like he just kind of just changed my whole mindset on everything that happened. Um, <laughs> well, like. Basically, he reframed history in a Christian context, and it's like, oh my gosh, I've been thinking about everything incorrectly. <laughs> so that was really impressive. And then he did this amazing talk on Saint Joan of Arc, and um, I've always known about Saint Joan, but uh, he really opened my eyes to what impressive uh, teenage girl she was. So I'm definitely going to look more into that, and maybe I'll see if I can get a, an episode on the podcast about it. Uh, speaking of the podcast, I did also did a two-hour discussion with him for the podcast. I released a 12-minute clip on Facebook, but uh, one thing I realized during this tour, it's two things I'm not very good at, is um, marketing and fundraising. So to combat that, I decided to create a locals page. So what I'm trying to do there is I'm trying to really build a brand of, Evan of Evangelion and uh, bring about... Um, more possibilities for us in the in the future so on our locals page it's a bit like patreon in that you pay to get involved but there's also a free element to it uh, so you, you build a community online where i will release certain exclusive things that you can pick you know, behind a paywall and you can be a monthly donor and get be involved in that community which i think is really important because again the work i'm doing in evangelion 
it i don't want to be just another guy that starts another ministry oh that's dom's ministry dom's doing that thing this is a collaboration i'm trying to bring the gospel to new zealand and so if you're in new zealand and you believe in the gospel it involves you and i want to be working in collaboration with people i don't want to be working against people um my dream is to make sure that we feed into each other's ministries um which i'll get into it in a little bit but um yeah so that's what i've done i've started a locals page so check us out go on locals.com and then search at uh, at nz evangelion and that's our community i've put a couple of posts up there already um so the other full the full two-hour discussion i had with Sai is on the locals page there's a quick clip on facebook and i'm hoping to do like a, a long-form interview once a month with someone interesting about something interesting and then hopefully i'm going to be doing a shorter video like this every week maybe every two weeks depending on how uh, busy life is i found out recently that uh life is exhausting <laughs> i tried filming this three times this is the third attempt so uh pray for me that um and so like trying to manage this all is uh just working it all out so yeah the idea is shorter episode like this where i give you update what's going on evangelion and a bit of a reflection every one to two weeks and then once a month we'll do a longer form interview we did uh, one with Psykiller. i've done one with uh, dom shrivers from the stations and i've got a few lined up in the future that'll be quite exciting and we'll have some good discussions good thoughts and good feelings and we'll figure out what we can do so get behind what we're doing at evangelion and if you want to get behind evangelion and you don't want to go on the locals page check out our website evangelion.co dot nz click on the supporters tab and you can scroll to the bottom and there's two options you can do a one-off donation or you can do a monthly donation and uh, help us build what we need the original mission of news um, evangelion nz uh, the real the original idea and the mission is to raise ten thousand dollars every time we raise ten thousand dollars we can fly a speaker out here we can tour him across new zealand and we can bring the gospel to new zealand that's what we can do with uh the money that we raise and it's only ten thousand dollars uh so that works out what well the original idea was if we have 10 people it's a thousand dollars if you have ten thousand people it's one dollar each so if you want to get involved please do consider donating even if it's only one dollar you know you can be one of the ten thousand um but if you can afford more ten dollars a month twenty dollars a month forty dollars a month then we can get more done uh i am hoping to bring out more than one speaker a year but with ten thousand we can definitely bring one speaker out we can also keep the lights on at evangelion our domain name uh, gmail and all the things that we spend money on to just uh, keep putting uh, stuff out there and we can also hopefully grow a little bit get someone to help me with the advertising and marketing and a bit of fundraising so then we can build more we can grow more and we can uh, get more people out here uh, speaking of collaboration, which I mentioned earlier, I had a great conversation with a couple of people uh, last week. Uh, one from Christchurch, a lady called Teresa, who's part of the John Paul II community, and a lady called Teaser, who's from Wellington, the Marriage and Families Office. And we we all have a similar vision and mission, and that's bringing the gospel in very unique ways. Obviously, with marriage and family and JPT communities through you know the purity and uh, theology of the body and stuff but it's all part of the same gospel and so we we're thinking about collaborating and now we can do like hopefully we can do national tours and bring people across the whole country and we can do a lot of work together so there's a lot of hope for doing things like that in the future it's quite exciting and uh, speaking of which we are in conversations with a big name from america his name is jason evert and we're hoping to bring him over 
he is a big name and he will cost a little bit more money so like i said that ten thousand dollars might just stretch it but we do need your support to make these beautiful things happen and these amazing speakers come over i was just watching a few of his videos the other day and i was like man he's worth the money which is to find it so this is my bid to you get involved pray for us first and foremost and uh if you can if you can afford it please do consider donating so that we can bring these people to New Zealand and we can get great content and we can get uh, hearts in heaven. So that's my pitch to you. Just consider even $1 a month, ideally closer to 5 or $10 a month so that we can make this a reality quicker. And uh, I'm hoping to bring out more people next year. So we've had, two years ago we had Tim Staples. This year, no, one year ago we had Tim Staples. One year ago we had Tim Staples. This year we've had Deacon Harold and Cy Kellett. And so I'm going for uh, three next year. So uh, check it out. Let's keep, uh, keep in touch with what we're doing on the podcast. We'll keep on telling you. Check out our Facebook page, our Instagram page, and now our Locals page. Check us all out and uh, there'll be more information on there. So with all that said, let's talk about some Catholic life. And in this episode, we're going to talk about the month of the Most Holy Rosary. Now, if you want theology and you want philosophy, you don't go to the Curious Catholic. You go to Pints with Aquinas. You go to Word on Fire because those guys are theologians and philosophers, and they've spent they dedicate they're able to dedicate their whole life to learning Thomas Aquinas stuff. What I'm going to talk to you is talking about Catholic life. And my experiences and my reflections, what I've learned through my faith and revelations God has given me on the journey. And I want to talk to you about my experience of the rosary, which has been a rocky one, but it's also been a revelatory one. But first, what is the rosary? It's a kind of a meditation. It's a prayer. And one thing that really struck me recently is I saw an interview with St. Mother Teresa while she was still walking this earth. And in that interview, it was just a short clip on YouTube, and it, and it was her saying... We learn how to pray by praying. And man, one of the things with Catholicism is it's full of like kind of oxymorons. Like you do by doing. Well, if you can't do, and then how do you do? And then you just do it, all right? You know, fake it till you make it and all that jazz. And this is a real truth that I've experienced through the rosary. Um, and just generally life as a Catholic, which we'll go into a bit more. So a bit more detail on what prayer is, because I think we can often get uh, mixed up in i don't want to say incorrect thoughts but like ideals we have an ideal of prayer that it's this because what prayer is is it is communion with god it is a dialogue it is an interaction with heaven and we can do that because jesus gave us the ability to do it he showed us how to pray through the our father he gave us an example of how to live and all these things that he did you know, the sacraments, the church, were ways of engaging with heaven whilst we're on earth, engaging with him whilst we're on earth. So he gave us this, so we can do it. But what does that feel like? What does it look like? And sometimes it looks like walking on water. Sometimes it's the transfiguration. And we say, oh, like, well, let's aim for that, you know. Um, but at the same time, we've got to work with what we've got. Uh, you know, we've all got our idiosyncrasies and we've all got our busy lifestyles, three children, shift work, whatever your life is like. And so 
being able to enter into silence, which is in contemplative prayer, where we can really ponder the reality of the universe, universe and God can really connect with us, it's just sometimes it's just not going to happen. So what do we do then? Just not pray? I don't know. So yeah, we should be aiming for this like kind of ethereal experience. And I think the Catholic Church is a church of ideals in that sense. Like there is an ideal way of doing things. So you should aim for that. That's what we should be aiming for. But like, just as when uh, in the Transfiguration, Jesus walked up the mountain with um, Peter, was it Peter, James and John or just Peter and John? Either way, he walks up the mountain with with the disciples and Peter's like, this is good. Let's build a tent and live here. And everyone's like, shut up, Peter. That's not what we're doing here. And, but I feel we can, pardon me, we can really relate with Peter in that moment. We could be like Peter in that moment of, I want my prayer to be transfigured. I want to be visualized. I want to be able to see the face of Christ and those in heaven when I'm praying, which is a possibility through Christ. But uh, sometimes we get prayer, we get a mass that's like the transfiguration, but sometimes we get a mass, we get prayer time that's like Calvary, and it's a bit of a bit more suffering. And something that uh, I heard Bishop Barron say a long time ago, not in relation to prayer necessarily, but I think it relates to this as well, is we have to remember that your life is not about you. I'm going to say it one more time. Your life is not about you, and I will say this, that your prayer is not about you either. I think that's something to bear in mind. I think it's really helpful because if we're trying to get a feeling that we want to feel, if we're trying to uh, attain a situation, when we don't get that, we'll feel disheartened. We'll feel like, oh, this isn't working. What's the point? This is rubbish. But then we'll, so we'll give up. But like, that's the exact wrong thing to do. It's also the wrong way to view prayer. It's like, in a way, going to the gym. People that go to you go to the gym to get fit. Once you're fit, you go to the gym to maintain fitness. And you see people in the gym that are giant muscles. And it's like, okay, you've 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 done it. You've won. You've completed it. You've won at the gym. Now you can stop. Go get a burger. But that's the wrong attitude as well. So you go to the gym to to work out, to gain fitness. But you have to do it through exercise. And any uh, coach, any personal trainer will tell you, you have to kind of be doing it regularly, two or three times, three times a week, possibly more. You know, you you want to be working out regularly. You want to be training your body regularly so that your body's ready and it's good and it's active and your body's used to exercising. And you can build on what you've got, and you can gain a level of fitness and strength that you don't already have, or you can maintain it. And prayer is, in that sense, exactly the same. So you're going to start prayer and it's going to be, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not feeling anything. I'm not really entering into this and good. Okay, fine. Let's good. Carry on. Do it again. And then you're going to try it again and you try it again and you try it again and it's not going to work. My favorite template for prayer is from the book of Kings. Uh, One of my favorite prophets in the Bible is Elijah. I just relate to him a lot. Um, and because like prayer is like an exercise and you need the routine and you need to try it again and again, we see with Elijah in Kings 19, he's just defeated the gods of, no, the priest of Baal. And he's just, you should read the book. It's great. He, um, 
he sets fire to a bunch of wood. Seems it sounds lame, but like he taunts the priest all the way through, and it's hilarious. And then he wins. He he beats them. But then the queen threatens him, and he's scared, and he runs away, and he goes into the desert, and he hides under a tree, and he falls asleep. And so he turns he turns to God and he says, "Take my life. I give up." Not those words exactly. I'm a Catholic. I don't quote the Bible. I paraphrase it. And basically, he says, God, take my life. And, you know, be careful what you pray for, because God was like, okay, I can take your life. And then he wakes him up. Even even though what Elijah was doing wasn't going to him in strength. I'm a super holy person. I'm a prophet. I can talk to God. I'm going to pray to God and have this really ethereal experience. It was despair. It was going to the gym with a weak body, not being able to carry weights and just giving it a go. The last ditch effort. And he, he said that to God and God said, okay, I'm going to take your life. And he sent into his life an angel which woke him up, gave him some cake. When he went back to sleep, he got woke up again. This happened two or three times, angel feeding him. And then on the last time, the angel said, okay, eat up because you're going to need this. And then God sent him into the desert and at the end of like a long journey, he meets God in a still small voice. And this is what life of prayer is like. It's about in our weakness, in our despair, in our giving up, turning to God and just saying whatever you can say. And then doing it again. Resting in the Lord, waking up and receiving. Resting in the Lord, waking up and receiving. And Nothing happened to Elijah whilst he was resting. You could argue, it was like, yeah, an angel came and visited him. So, well, what do you think the mass is? We've all got a guardian angel always tapping us on the shoulder. We just need to be accustomed to it. In the time, you know, Elijah may not have even realized there was an angel coming to him. Yeah, some guy just gave me some bread. Who, who cares? So we need to do it. We need to be rubbish at prayer. We need to keep going back and praying. Say, okay, I'm going to do this, and I'm not going to do very good. And then I'm going to do it again, and it's still not going to be good. But every, if you keep doing it, eventually you'll get to a point where you can enter into the prayer. And when you do that, that's when God's going to say, okay, I've got a mission for you. Go out to the desert, and I'll meet you there. So that's what prayer is. And the reason I brought this all up is because I found the rosary really difficult to start with. So I'm going to tell you a bit about that. So basically, I converted to Catholicism when I was in my 20s. I was in Wales, and uh, because I'm an extrovert, and I like talking, and I like organizing events to get people here, hence Evangelion, um, I I joined the Catholic Society because of a group of people that we could hang out with, and I created events, and that was my role at the Catholic Society. And so I went to these meetings every week, and as part of those meetings, we started every meeting with a rosary because we're good Catholics. Now, I'd just converted. I was not formed in the faith at all. It wasn't like, here, read all the Vatican documents. Now you know Catholicism. Now you can be baptized. We did have a formation program, but I was doing a degree at the time, so I can't remember any of it. Not to say it wasn't any good, but I just, you know, it's a long time ago. And so I wasn't really well formed in things, well, even in devotions like the rosary. And so I was doing this rosary, and I was like, this is a lot of Hail Marys. For something that's meant to be a prayer to God. So what's that all about? 
But I figured I'm a Catholic now. This is just something I'm going to have to do. Fake it till you make it. Catholics pray the rosary. I've agreed to be a Catholic. I'm now going to have to pray the rosary sometimes. So I did the rosary. They gave me a set of beads. I followed through the prayers. Uh, I didn't really enjoy it. Didn't particularly like it. Didn't do it when I didn't have to. And that was my relationship with the rosary. But um, it doesn't stop there. After I finished my university in Wales, I moved to London. I went and worked in a Catholic retreat centre called SPEC. And um, as part of the way of life there, we did uh, an evening prayer every evening, but it was different. So on Tuesdays, we did a rosary walk, which was way better than just praying a rosary sat down in a front room before we're about to have a meeting. And so we did a rosary walk and we prayed the rosary every day, every Tuesday. Went on a walk whilst we're doing it. And I just got to the point, I was like, well, you know what? The Catholic Church says this is a prayer. If it's a prayer, I'm going to use it. I'm going to try praying for people. And this is what changed my mind. Now, an angel came to Elijah and gave him a piece of cake to strengthen him. And I'm not, and like, this wasn't like an angel breaking through, you know, the clouds and coming to me and giving me this idea. But this idea in reflection, you know, it's not something that I would necessarily come up with myself. And so maybe it was, you know, you know, the angel coming and give me a, a loaf of bread or cake to strengthen me. And so at the time I had a friend who had gone through a pretty bad breakup and she was quite depressed about it. She wasn't sleeping very well and she was crying a lot. So I thought, you know, what, I'm going to pray for I'm going to pray for this girl. And I started praying for her. I didn't say, hey, I'm going to pray, pray for you. I just knew this was going on. So I started praying for her and a couple of weeks go by and I keep praying for her and eventually I get a text message and now this girl she's not a Catholic not even a Christian but we we met at university and when I left I gave her a rosary because that was something I got I started doing to people just giving them Christian elements so I gave her a rosary and she sent me a text message saying last night same routine I try going to bed and I just lay there depressed with periods of crying and I remember that rosary you gave me and so I went and grabbed hold of it and that was not only the first night that I actually got to sleep but I had a dream and the dream in the dream a lady that was dressed in grey came came to me and uh, and I just felt this peace and it was the best sleep you know, like the first time I slept in a long time and I felt a peace that I haven't felt before I was like oh that's pretty cool prayer works i went to the director of the, uh, the assistant director of the community and i told him the story and he was because he was a particular devotee of the rosary and of mary and he was like our lady the lady in gray our lady of sorrows is depicted as wearing gray and so maybe mary came and visit her in her sleep and helped us and helped her like took away her sorrow for a moment so she could get some rest and i thought that's that's really beautiful hey and you know it's just, it's a sign to me that prayer does work and the rosary is something powerful and it made me think that you know the catholic church i mean the rosary makes me think this the catholic church doesn't just want us to have faith but she wants us to have faith in its fullness to live life in its fullness and i think in the fallen world that we live in that requires something of us it's a lot more difficult because we have so many things in our way. 
we have social media, we have music, we have earphones. Um, the Industrial Revolution took us away from nature, and now we live in these big cities, and so we've got this disconnect from God. So in order to get to that, we have to work harder. And so we have to sometimes just go beyond our desire. There was a, a priest friend that told me that the, there's a very well-known pathway that's led that's laid with good intentions, and Christ gave us another way that isn't laid with good intentions, but it's laid with actions. It's laid with the the weight of the cross on our backs and the blood, sweat, and tears of our Lord. And that leads to salvation. With the, with the month of the Holy Rosary comes a story about the Battle of Lepanto. And that's a pretty good story, and uh, you should look into it. I can't give you too many details because I can't remember. But um, the Battle of Lepanto is a real battle that happened in Lepanto. But it is also a real battle that's happening within our hearts. The fight to pray the rosary. I didn't like the rosary. I find it difficult to pray the rosary still. There is a reason that that is, and that's because engaging with the rosary is the absolute opposite of what the devil wants from us. I've heard that the reason that the devil hates the Blessed Virgin so much is because she's everything that we can be. She is a human with a spirit, and God chose to work with humanity and with our flesh and with our bones to bring about salvation. So what I would encourage you to do is to engage in battle, not with swords, but with a string of beads. Not out on a field, but within your heart. And today I'd ask you to look for look in prayer for the anguish for that dissatisfaction and set aside the good feelings so that we can recognize that struggle inside it and pray the rosary anyway. Engage in that battle with words from scripture. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. So thanks for listening to the podcast. Do consider getting involved with us and please do offer up a rosary for us today god bless Let us begin with a question.